0: Our scripture for this morning is not as printed in the program. It is Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message. He sent to the people of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how we went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear All the prophets testify testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Our gospel reading for this morning is the 20th chapter of John, verses 1 through 19. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, "'Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for?' Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, "'Sir, if you have carried him away, "'tell me where you have laid him, "'and I will take him away.' Jesus said to her, "'Mary.' She turned to him and said in Hebrew, and she told them that he had said these things to her. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So here we meet Mary at the tomb.
1: Uh, Mary, who was a beloved disciple of christ she doesn 't get counted among the twelve, but uh, she was as faithful, even more faithful than uh, some of the other uh folks. I think she gets short changed a little bit, you know, but there is Mary, uh, the faithful disciple discovers the empty tomb, runs back, and tells peter and then there 's this squabble about who got there first, and this you can imagine how this got played out, uh, you know. On the first and second draft of John, right? And he's wait a minute, I was there first, and this whole thing. So they, that was the that was the guys' squabble. In the meantime, they run, they come, and they see, and they run back, and Mary is left there weeping. They're Left there wondering what has happened. She has come to perform uh, her last honor to Christ, to anoint his body, to say her prayers to leave her flowers to weep at his tomb and to mourn and to wail and to gnash her teeth and the body is gone where have they taken her never occurs to her that God has done something where did they take her what have they done with Jesus and even when Jesus appears to her and says what are you weeping about she thinks he's the gardener it's kind of Kind of a funny scene, actually. She thinks He's the gardener. Tell me where they have taken Him so that I can go and mourn. That's only when Jesus gets personal. It's only when Jesus says her name in a way that is familiar to her she realizes what has happened. And then she is told, Mary, do not hang on to Me but I'm going ahead of you into Jerusalem. And actually, the word here in Greek, hapto, uh, it, it has the tense of being an ongoing activity. So, it really would be better translated, and I don't know why they don't do this, but it would be better translated, Mary, do not keep hanging on to Me. Do not keep holding on to Me. Let Me go, in other words. And I thought that was an interesting, it's an interesting thing Jesus tells her. Let me go. And yet, we're not called to let Jesus go. We're called to hold Jesus close. Amen? We're called to draw Jesus in. We're called to seek Jesus out and hold Jesus to ourselves. But I think what Jesus is getting to here toward Mary is the Jesus you knew, you need to let that go because I have become something else. You need to let go of the earthly Jesus and embrace the risen Christ. Something that you are struggling to imagine. Something you are struggling to accept. Something you are struggling to even comprehend or see. Yet, in order to make a meaningful life in me, You have to let me go, says Jesus to Mary. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and uh, I was telling them that a good part of my job is talking people into doing things they don't want to do. (laughs) Like going to church. (laughs) And various other things. I feel like a dentist sometimes actually. like You know how the dentist is constantly telling you to floss your teeth? You know, sometimes I think the poor, my poor dentist looks at me and just goes, "For the love of God, floss your teeth!" <laughs> and sometimes I want to grab people and go, "For the love of God, go to church, <laughs> pray, <laughs> read, do something." I feel like I spend so much of my time trying to talk people into doing things they don't want to do, and it's not that I blame you. I mean, I really don't. A lot of it, you know, for many of us. We have grown up in a church that, uh, when we when we think about that church experience, we think of condemnation. We think of alienation. We think of being left out. We think of feeling like there's something wrong with us. We think of not affirmation. Right, and so I don't. You know, uh, we we've been harmed by our experiences within the church so i don't blame you for not wanting to go another there's a whole other portion of us that were you know grew up going to church or whatever or tried it out a few times and quite frankly it was boring right can we can i be honest sometimes church a little boring right and it's boring maybe because it doesn't really hit us where we live quite frankly i thought church was boring that's why i became a minister (laughs) i looked at the guy and i won't name him But (laughs) I'm sitting there, 16. You remember when you were 16 and you knew everything? I remember sitting there, 16, 17, listening to this guy, kind of going, well, heck, I could do better than that. Here I am. (laughs) So sometimes, you know, sometimes we walk away because, yeah, it just doesn't, it didn't say anything to me. And sometimes, sometimes we avoid a, 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 a engaging a faith community, engaging a deep and meaningful faith in Jesus Christ because we have a, a very uh, kind of early Sunday school notion about who Jesus is and what Jesus is about and how Jesus operates in the world. And, and maybe we even have maybe a very pop culture Pop Christianity version of things. And so when we think about that, you know, and we're Baptists, so, you know, that kind of goes double for us, right? When I say Baptist to people in the world, they had this whole list of things that they think of that go along with that. And, you know, if you've been here very long, you realize that most of those labels about what a Baptist is really have no place. Here at First Baptist Church. You can amen that. (laughs) But we have, you know, when we think about church and and Jesus and being a a follower of Jesus, we have this whole laundry list of things. And maybe we've come to a place in our life where, where those things do not reflect the values that we feel God has put inside of our hearts. And so we don't embrace a faith community we don't embrace a we we don't dare say we're followers of jesus we keep our faith in our own way a lot of folks out wandering in the wilderness say you know out, out in the hills taking a hike they experience god that way and that's nice and all but what i say to that is it's no replacement for a faith community a faith community And I guess as I listen to Jesus say to Mary, let it go. I'm not going to (laughs) sing. Let it go, Mary. Stop holding on to me. Stop holding on to those things that you thought you knew about how God works in the world. Stop hanging on to that version of me that doesn't really fit the world we live in anymore or doesn't really fit your life. Let go of those hopes and dreams that were not leading you to real life but leading you down a path that leads to death. Stop seeking life where there is death, so often this is what we do. We replace God with something else that we think is just as satisfying or just as meaningful or just as relevant. And what it ends up doing is becoming something that hangs off us like a millstone or something that takes control of us. In order to avoid letting Jesus take control, we let something else take control. And that is, Jesus tells us, a path to death but Jesus invites us to life. Amen? And I guess what I wonder today, as we come gathered here with all of these experiences, some of us hurt by the church, and some of us bored with the church, or some of us who feel like we've evolved past the church, some of us who have been hurt by versions of Jesus and versions of God or, or bored by versions of Jesus and versions of God or, or, or just not interested, I wonder, can we experience Jesus all over again as something completely new? It is Resurrection Sunday. Can we resurrect a deep and meaningful relationship with God? Can we resurrect a deep and meaningful connection to a faith community that can nurture and support us and make us feel accepted and help us to feel God's love and help us to feel a part of something no matter where we come from or where we're going or where we've been, no matter how guilty or shameful or ugly we feel, a place that can make us feel beautiful again can we dare to imagine that on this resurrection sunday that jesus can be that for us and the entire world can we do that this morning amen 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 Amen. Amen. it is resurrection sunday and i'm here again to talk you into something you really don't want to do to imagine a new relationship with faith and I think if you explore, if you open yourself up, if you dare to imagine that there is more to Jesus than perhaps we're experiencing right now. Or there's more to church. And I don't mean, I mean, we'd love you here at First Baptist Church, but I'm talking about a sense of connection to a community that, that is centered on faith. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Can we on this Sunday imagine that though we grew up hurt and wounded and made to feel shameful and guilty by the church, can we imagine that in reality that what can redeem that experience for us, what can overcome and overshadow, what can take the weight of that experience off of our shoulders is to experience a Jesus who is a liberator. A Jesus who takes those that guilt and that shame away from us. Experience a Jesus who says, I love you. I know all of your dirty secrets. And I don't care. I love you anyway. I love you because of what I see you can be. That you you in your heart of hearts want to be. And I want to help you get there. Can we imagine that? And we can, can we imagine a faith that's not Boring. Huh? I, this is the one I don't get. I've never experienced a boring engagement with God. It, it just, it's never been boring. Well, church has been boring, but, but my faith has never been boring. Walking alongside the Creator of the universe, experiencing the kind of security that comes from a deep and abiding relationship with God and a spiritual relationship with a community. That's not boring. That is life-giving stuff. Amen? And can we dare to open ourselves up and imagine that what an adult faith can give us is not only something that can transform our own lives and draw us into a deeper, more relevant relationship with God, but something that can transform the world around us We are indeed the hands and feet of Christ anymore in this world. And as we live out our faith together, the world around us is transformed. It's my prayer that through this transformation, people won't be hurt by the church. People won't experience irrelevant things in their faith. They will have a faith that's alive. They will have a world that is alive with the sound of the Kingdom of God singing out and drawing people into a new relationship. It is my prayer on this Easter that we can explode our imagination, that we can resurrect that experience of Jesus and make it brand new and let go of all those things that are keeping us from experiencing new life and embrace. Let us pray. God of new life, new chances, new creations, God of a new day, help us to experience this morning our own little resurrection as we examine the faith we've had And we explore the faith we can have. And may this church be true to its calling. May this church strive to be a reflection of the kingdom of God that draws in people to love and be accepted and affirmed in who they are, who they have been created to be in You. We ask all of this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.